Hey folks, I'm Kathy Parker with Beyond the Ball Field. This is not your typical sports show. We won't be talking X's and O's, but we will be talking about raising your family in the sports-crazed world. Let's not only survive sports, but let's learn to thrive on and off the field. So please, join us as we look at life beyond the ball field. Thank you for joining me on Beyond the Ball Field. Today, I am excited to be speaking with Pam Tebow. Many of you know her. You may have read her book, Ripple Effects. You may know that she is the mom of Tim Tebow. She has such wisdom. She is able to encourage others through her experiences of raising five children and just the amazing woman of God that she is. She is such an inspiration, and I look forward to sharing some of the stories that hopefully can help you with raising athletes. Well, thank you for joining me today on Beyond the Ball Field. I am so excited to have Pam Tebow as our guest today. Hey, Pam. Hi, Kathy. I am so glad that you are taking the time to be on here with it, with me today. And, you know, Pam, you and I go way back and we were able we to really help each other when our kids were, were playing ball um, at the, especially at the college level when it was so stressful. And it's important to have people to talk to and be able to have pray for you and bounce things off of. Don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. We really do need our girlfriends and we need our our husbands and our like-minded prayer warriors. And you say something that that helps us all. It's like our we grew up with our kids and and uh we learned a whole lot, especially uh from situations from the ball field. Isn't that true? Oh my goodness. I I think um it's good that I had five kids. So I needed to learn along the way with each one of them. And uh, two are girls, so the other three played ball. And I just uh, am so thankful for the lessons the Lord taught me so that I could then pass them on to my children. But I think we almost have to learn them first so that they're internalized before we really can pass them on. Don't you think so, Kathy? Yeah, it's sort of like trial and error, you know? Right. We, we feel sorry for those firstborn children. Yeah. I know I feel sorry for my firstborn. <laughs> well, we practice on them, don't we? Yes, 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 we do. We do. But that's just a part of it. That's a part of it. We're going to make mistakes. And, and you say all the time, because, you know, people that they look at at the wonderful young man that 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 Tim is and and he's uh, you and I talk all the time about what a huge platform he has and but one of the things you say is our family's not perfect and you've been just upfront and intentional about that that you know you've made mistakes and and the Lord has given you grace and given you a platform to be able to um be able to encourage others and I'm just so thankful that you're you're honest about that because there's some of us that can beat ourselves up over and over again thinking, oh, you know, I wish I could have a do-over, but we don't we don't get that chance, do we? We don't, but you know, I think people tend to put you on a pedestal. They just look at you from one side and they don't see all the other sides. They don't know what you've been through to get where you are. And we have to acknowledge that we've been through a lot and that you know, the, the, the fires, so to speak, and the Lord has taught us all along, or we wouldn't um, have what we, you know, the wisdom and the knowledge that we can pass on now. You know, that all came from Him. 
along the way, right? Absolutely. And one of the things that I want to do with this uh, podcast, Beyond the Ball Field, is I, I really want to encourage parents and and maybe talk through some of the situations that they're going through that you and I have, have gone through. And, and um, there's many times that maybe we haven't done the right thing or we've done something that, that did work a little bit that we can encourage and, and, and give them some practical things. And one of the things that is is now more than even when, when our kids uh, were growing up is the exposure that comes from our, our kids playing sports. And used to, it was, you know, only the high profile athletes had to worry about media and, 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 you know, how they were going to be talked about and how fans were going to talk about them. But now with social media, it's anybody who puts themselves out there, any any kid that plays sport, there's going to be um, all kinds of a platform for anybody to say anything they want to say. And that's a real challenge, I think, especially for moms, because we have tender hearts and they're tender, especially toward our kids. And so when we see hurtful things, I think it's um, just very, very difficult for us to internalize. And we have to be, we can't be so thin-skinned. And I think most of us start out pretty thin-skinned, don't we? We do. And I will tell on myself, I I remember when my, my oldest son, Kyle, went uh, to Clemson to play ball. And he wasn't even there. He had gone early um, um, as a, a spring uh for the spring baseball season. And he was also there to play football. And I remember that um, a reporter came out with one of the coaches saying something about how he looked in his uniform and social media went crazy with that and, and put out all these photos. And I was just devastated. And I, even to the point of where I found the person who first started the story and got them to take it off, but it was way too late. But I can remember just crying on the phone to my son and he stopped me and he said, mom, he said, I haven't done anything wrong. And I am at a division one college, a dual sport athlete. He said, this is just the beginning. You better get your act together. And it was such <laughs> a wake up call to me. Of, I could not, I could, I had to lay it down and I couldn't get upset every time something was said or something was printed that offended, offended me or offended my family and goodness Pam, you've had so much experience in that area with reporters saying things or, or just, you know, people saying things that absolutely were not true. But I've never um, seen anything where you went off like I did and tried to, you know, rebuttal. Can you give some just practical things that of how you were able to navigate through that? Well, I think one time one time I had a lady in the in the restroom at church uh, accused me of being the reason that Timmy lost one game by one point during the 2008 season when they ended up winning the national championship. But here it was, the one point lost to Ole Miss, and she she just pushed me against the wall. I was just shocked. This was in the church restroom, and she said, how could you let your son lose that game? To Ole Miss. And I just was shocked. I couldn't believe that people would have that kind of response because Timmy gave it his 
best shot. I mean, he wanted to win that game as much as anyone in the stands wanted him to win that game, but it just didn't work out. And just like we counseled him, uh, when that game was over, he spent some time with my husband and I before he had to to face the press. And then he made this famous promise that, um, you know, is, is actually on the, the wall at the University of Florida. But we told him, honey, we've got to give every burden to the Lord. We've got to give it to him right now. It's too heavy to carry. And I had to take that advice for my myself. I had to give it immediately to the Lord because I'm accountable for every word that comes out of my mouth. And even if it seems justified, it isn't. And I'm judged by what I say and how I respond. And I remember memorizing a verse early on that uh, at a ball game, it was a baseball game, and I was sitting in the lawn chair, as we did, Kathy. You said it, many lawn chairs at many games. And I was memorizing a verse, guard my mouth with the muzzle while the wicked are in my presence. Now, this lady wasn't wicked. But I had to guard my mouth just like there was a muzzle on it, just like you put a muzzle on a, an animal that's going to bite you. I had to put that muzzle on my mouth so I would not respond with what I felt like at the moment. And I'm so grateful because that lady will never be able to go and tell all her friends that I said this or I said that. I just had to shut my mouth. And I walked away, and I'm sure there were tears. But, you know, we got through that instance. If I fell apart and I responded wrong to that woman, what kind of an example would that be for my son, who's really trying to handle it as best he can? So the Lord used that and so many other opportunities. We can call them opportunities. They were really challenges, weren't they? But God had to teach me along with my son. But we wanted to set an example for him because if we responded wrongly, think how he would respond. And his response would go viral. You know, ours would just get to a few people, but his was much more influential. So I really had to practice what I was trying to preach to him and to our other kids. And that's not easy. That took the grace of God. I mean, I had to confess my thoughts and my, you know, my um, temptations and all of that regularly. And I think it was probably a good thing for me. It was a growing process. You know, it drove you to the Lord because you cannot do it in your own strength. You really need God's grace. Don't you think so? I'm sure you had that opportunity as well. Oh, yes. And the ball field gives you many opportunities <laughs> to be able to <laughs> practice that. Because, you know, and this is the thing that I've realized. It doesn't matter if your kid is the starting quarterback or your kid sits the bench or exactly if even if your kid is that great of an athlete, when things are said or things are done that you think are are harmful or, you know, hurt the feelings of your child. It, like you said, it's it's a mom's heart and it can hurt. It hurts just as bad if they're the starting quarterback for Florida or Clemson and as it does if they're just a, a little league player and and they make a mistake and and people, you know, say ugly things. It hurts just as bad. It does. And you know those those kids of ours count on us to encourage them and do the right thing. You know, they follow our lead. They need to see us setting the example. And that's, oh, that, that's good for us. That's a lot of accountability. 
And I think I probably needed that to just grow up in how my response was to each of those those people who wanted to say exactly what they thought, right? And thick skin, like you said, we had to uh, learn to become thick skin. Um, yeah, I don't know if that really worked, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we're really thick skin. But we had to we had to do that as best we could, didn't we? I know. One time I was complaining about something, and you were like, "Look, Kathy, you're the mom of a Division One quarterback. You can do this," you know. <laughs> And you did do it. You did do it. And you did it with grace. And I think that spoke volumes to the people around you, Kathy. You know, whether they win or kids win or they lose their games, people watch you to see your response. They watch me to see how I'm going to respond. And it, I think it impacts them. You know, it's all about influence. That's just something I really believe in, that we all have that opportunity. And I think that's one way that we do influence other people that watch us, but we also influence our kids. The way we can take the high road, we don't have to stoop to the level of, of people that are going to say these harsh things and um, unkind words. We can be above that. Absolutely. And then just when media came out with things that you knew were totally untrue, I don't remember you guys really going to the media and fighting that. That was one of those things you had to let go, and that had to be so hard. Oh, my goodness. It certainly, <laughs> I can tell you instance after instance, it, it was hard because I think our natural tendencies, we want to defend our children. You know, we are, um, we love them. And so we want to just, you know, step out in front and protect them from any ridicule. But God knows that they have to grow up too. And they have to learn some of those lessons. And it's probably easier um, for them to learn them as they're growing up as opposed to becoming an adult and then have to take some of the criticism that they'll receive. So he, God always has the best plans. Um, and we can trust him for that. Yeah, absolutely. When And that's one of the things, if we can get that as a parent, that let them learn. Sometimes we try to so protect them that mm-hmm. we shield them so much. But let them learn while they're in the security of your home. And oh, that's so wise. Let them learn then. You know, my sister and I talk about this a lot when um, she's adopted five children and, and sometimes they won't do well in school. And it's like, okay, what if they fail? Okay, let them fail now when the consequence is not so severe than when it's out in the world, when you can't protect them. And no, that's, that's, that's hard to do, but to no, let them fail. Great advice. Great advice. And the same is true as they're growing up as an athlete. When they're young and they learn to um, give their disappointments to the Lord, you know, at an early age so that when they lose the big game later on in college, they can go right to the Lord and give. They know because they practice this that they can give their disappointments to the Lord. Now, we, we started out in, in uh, and, and I can remember this, in T-ball. And the boys would have to, when they lost a game or they weren't chosen for All-Stars because, you know, the coach's son got chosen instead or one of those things that you think is so unfair or unjust. And we taught them a verse and everything give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And that had such an impact on our kids. It had an impact on me. They'd have to bow their little heads and say, thank you, 
Jesus, thank you that we lost that game, or thank you that I struck out. And they weren't really so thankful, but they were thankful they could give it to the Lord. Then they could raise up their head and go play. And that became a habit so that when they lost the big game on the big stage, it was much easier for them to go and thank you, Lord, that I lost this in everything. It doesn't say if if you really feel good about it or if it was justified. It says in everything, give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And whether you understand it or not, you can thank him. And somehow that, that just helps. It helps. It, it um, gives you peace. It gives you the ability to just raise your head and go on with life and not be, you know, bound by that loss because, you know, God's in it for whatever reason. And we don't have to understand it. He's got it. And it's such a perspective. Yes. Mm -hmm. What a perspective that helps put on, put on the sports and, and the fact that we're not going to win them all. That's right. But if you, if you learn that when they're young, it's a lot easier when they're older. I think when you, you know, you practice it as you're growing up, it's because we're, we're going to continue to lose things, whether it's a business deal or, you know, other things in life, maybe a fight with a health issue. We're going to lose along the way. And it's a lot easier if you've had practice giving those disappointments to the Lord because we will have them. Absolutely. And one of the things I remember, um, and this was back in 2010, when um, Tim was approached by Focus on the Family to do uh, a Super Bowl ad uh, about pro-life. And you and him did that that Super Bowl ad. That had to be a lot, a lot of fun doing doing that commercial. But one of the things when, when he approached you and your husband about that, you told him something, and I'd love for you to elaborate on it because I think it's so powerful that we get this message. But you had told him, um, you and your and your husband Bob, you t- you told him that you guys would support him in this decision to do that, and you really believed it was of the Lord, but it would cost him. Can you elaborate right. on that? Well, I remember we had a family council meeting. We all, our whole family, all of our our kids, their spouses, our whole family gathered um, after Timmy's last college football game, and we were approached then, and that would be the only time he could actually do a commercial with when he no longer played college football. And we, we took it seriously. We prayed over it. But, you know, I wasn't the only one that said that to, to Timmy. His dad talked to him, and some of his, his, his brother-in-law, they said, Tim, if you do this commercial you will have opposition. You have to count the cost. And he thought about it and he considered it. So it wasn't a light decision. Um, but he felt pretty strongly about his birth story because his story is that um, I was told to abort him when I was carrying him and I didn't do it. And so that is his story. So he had to decide whether or not he wanted to tell his story. And it wasn't widely known at that time. And so did count the cost and it did cost him. His sponsors at the time dropped him when he decided to do that commercial. Now the commercial itself didn't turn out to be what people thought it was. It was just a lighthearted fun. It, we said nothing about pro-life, nothing about 
abortion. We didn't mention anything controversial. It was just the mother and the son. And Timmy tackled me. But, you know, even that, of course, wasn't really a tackle. But we just had such a good time doing the commercial. And um, we waited to see the response. And because of the media, um, the pro-life message got out, you know, in advance. They all thought, oh, we were going to talk about this and that, but we didn't. And yet, because of all the controversy and all the publicity, the message got out. And the most amazing thing happened because even though Timmy lost his sponsors, the best part about that story is that Barna did a survey following that just simple, lighthearted commercial, and they found that over 5.5 million people said they had cause to rethink their stand on abortion because of that commercial. And there were baby, I've held babies that were saved because of that commercial. And we've had multiple, uh, we have a whole stack of letters, et cetera. So God used it. And we've thanked Timmy so many times because of his willingness, um, you know, to, to do that commercial, to stand alone. And it did cost him though. It did cost him, but it was worth it. I have remembered that and I have taught my children that in so many ways Mm. that doing the right thing or stepping out and being bold in your faith, that it does come with consequences. Sometimes we want to as believers think, oh, well, Mm -hmm. you know, God's going to protect us. We're going to shine through this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it doesn't always turn out that way. But would the reward, the reward at the end and the obedience to do what we're called to do is so much worth it. Oh, no, you are. You are so right. My husband and I spoke at SeaWorld at the Easter sunrise service. Can you imagine they did that? A number of years ago, and we agreed to talk to people in line um, afterwards, and the very last person in line um, said, I just want to tell you to a story, and um, my husband and I did an interview with Focus following that commercial, and and it was a simple little interview, but my husband um, was very passionate about life, and this young lady said, Mr. Tebow, and Mrs. Tebow, I just want to thank you. She said, I want you to know. And she, she said, because you were willing to take that stand, and your son was willing to take that stand, she pulled out her cell phone, and there was a picture of her little girl. And she said, if it hadn't been for that, I wouldn't have my daughter. And we just cried. We cried with her, and we prayed with her. And we thanked her. You don't know, you know, after everything is over, that you're going to have these wonderful stories. But you have to do the right thing. I mean, I think that's what you've told your kids, Kathy, what I had to tell, what we told our kids. You just have to always do the right thing. If you make a mistake, then you tell people that you're sorry. You know, you you have to do the right thing. You might, you know, make an error on the field. You can apologize to your teammates for it, but you have to do the right thing. And God honors that. It really does, I believe. It's not the easy way to go, though. Absolutely. But the using the platform, no matter what it is, and, you know, there's there's kids out there that they've been given the talent to play ball. There's others, maybe musicians. There's others, that are writers. It doesn't really matter. Whatever the platform is that God has given you, to use that 
to honor the Lord and then to see down down the roads and some may never see it like like you get to experience it you get to hold those babies there's some that may not ever get to see that but to know that it can have eternal impact on people right that's right and i think there's a real accountability you know for us to do that as as believers we have to you know we say one thing but we have to back it up with our lives and our actions And people need to see that. Is your faith real? Do you really believe what you're talking about? Are you going to live it out? And that's the hard part is living it out. And you're going to be criticized. Like you started out the program with with talking about criticism. And we will get criticism. But you have to be willing to take that if it's for the right thing. You don't want to be criticized for doing the wrong thing. So we have to guard our, our actions but I think it's uh, it's true. We have to anticipate that. But there are rewards, and you're right, eternal rewards, and that will make it all worth it. And just the platform itself of sports. You know, our our society, Pam, it, it is mm-hmm. it is a sports crazed society. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And sure. and and it is it is difficult when uh, you have uh, kids that play. Now, with myself, my husband coaches, he played ball, and I tell, and he says the same thing. He said, it is harder being a parent than going through it yourself. It's it's mm-hmm. harder being um, a parent than being the spouse of, of, of someone who plays. Um, it, there's so many uh, scenarios that, that my family has experienced, but being the parent, it seems to be the, the hardest thing um, because we do. We have that kind of protection thing that we want to do and, and um, to make our kids, you know, happy and all that. We've gotten a little sidetracked, a little off course to um, to what we're really called to do. But we're really called to, to, to bring up our kids, um, to show them how to be, how to be great citizens, how to be great brothers and sisters, and someday mom and dads and hopefully husbands and wives and, and uh, citizens, and to honor the Lord we're called to do that, and it and it's through several different avenues. It's just that sports seems to have a way of really exposing the good and the bad. Would you agree? Oh, that's the truth. Oh, absolutely. It really refines you. Like you know, the Bible talks about putting you through a furnace, and I feel like that's what sports does that for the athlete, and it does it for the parent. Absolutely. Too. There's no question. You have to really um, live out what you're preaching, and that's the hard part. Well, along with that, there's something that I've told my kids through the years, and and we've had so many opportunities to have this tried really hard with with injuries and different things that have ended abruptly uh, their their playing days. But this statement, sports is something you do. It's not who you are. That is so true. That statement is easy to say. It's a lot harder to to live through it. But can you give us some examples of a way, uh, especially with your family, um, that you've been able to say, this is something you do. It's not who you are. Well, I think it's that's why we work so much on character along the way, because we talk to our kids about how the world views athletes and they look up to them. 
and they watch them and they want to, you know, emulate little kids, want to emulate the older athletes. So we told them that it really counts as your character. You may lose the ball game, but what matters goes along with what you were saying. It, it's your character. It's the way you live your life. Not if you hit the ball, if you score the touchdown. It's the way you live. And that's what's going to matter um, after your playing days are over is your character. So as young athletes, though, you have a lot of opportunities, I think, as, as parents to teach your kids certain truths, like I talked about, you know, and everything give thanks. But also to humility, you know, we we wanted to work on that no one really responds to the proud athlete. And it seems like there's so much of that going around. Don't you agree, Kathy? That yes. Athletes want to talk about themselves. They want to pound their chest. They want to point to themselves if they do something right. And yet we found in scripture that um, that's not that's not what the godly man or woman is supposed to be like. So we taught our kids verses like, um, let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. Let somebody else talk about you. Don't you talk about yourself. Don't you tell everybody that, um, you know, you scored the touchdown. We even made that a rule in our um, home that you could absolutely not go brag about yourself but, you know, we knew all these little boys who just played a t-ball game on Saturday would want to go to church Sunday and just be bursting out to tell somebody they scored a touchdown or they hit a home run. And so we alerted some of our friends um, at church that they could ask our kids, how would you do in your game yesterday? And so um, the boys could humbly respond and tell them, well, I was so blessed to hit a home run. So they would have that outlet but at the same time, they just wouldn't go tell everyone, hey, guess what I did yesterday? So you start teaching them, though, when you're young, when they're young, so that they can practice and practice and practice. Because arrogance just seems like it's everywhere in every field, whether it's athletics or not. But it's not a very pretty quality. So and we, we worked on things like that. And athletics gives you that perfect opportunity to practice it, don't you think? A absolutely. The, this is the thing. Practicing, giving us those practical things that we can practice. And like, I love that. I love that you went ahead and, and sort of built that scenario. Okay, if someone comes up to you, you know, this is what you say. And we we did that with ours growing up and our kids now they can go into any situation and 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 uh introduce themselves make friends advance because when they were young when we would be driving somewhere whether it was to a restaurant or to church where we knew that people were going to be engaging with them we would practice in the car and we would say okay mm -hmm. especially That's if great. they were dressed nice we were on our way to church or something we'd say when an adult comes up to you and tells you you look nice what do you say and we would actually oh, practice that yeah. and and they would get it down and you know what we need to do that we need to practice That's and right. not just assume that um, our kids know what to do and so those are practical well, Sports, right? You yes. practice football, you practice baseball, you might as well practice good manners, practice, you know, the other things that they will need, the other character qualities that they need for life. You know, practice working hard, practice serving others. 
you know, we taught our children that they needed to be um, a servant leader. You know, if God had made them a, a leader in their sport, that they need to serve the, their teammates. And, you know, you don't just act like you're all that. You go serve the one that might need a little encouragement or, you know, look at the ball boy and talk to him. And I think that's another opportunity. We have so many opportunities in athletics to teach character qualities too. I love your manners illustration. That's an important one because you just can't assume that they're going to have good manners. They have to practice just like they practice sports. I love this in your book, uh, Ripple Effects. I love in the chapter, Serving Isn't for Sissies. <laughs> I love I love the name of that chapter. And it's a lot about what we're talking about today. It, it's not for the weak. It's for the strong. And you, and you teach this to your children. And you said this in one of the paragraphs. It says, we taught our children that they would be great, not because they were athletic, had impressive resumes, made lots of money, or did anything else that the world deemed valuable. They would be great if they served. I love that. Uh, well, that's what the Bible says. It says the greatest among you will be a servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So I thought, well, how do we how do we work that out in life? So my husband was a really good example of that, and he worked really hard with our boys. And, you know, he made them do some physical labor, which was serving. So, you know, you, you have to start young, though, because none of these qualities come natural. It's, they don't come natural to us, and then they certainly don't come natural to our children. So you just work day after day on them so that they are in a position as they get older to really implement them. And it makes an impact on other people. One of the things that um, has become so apparent to me now that my kids' playing days are over, I have a couple of my adult children now that are coaching, but now that their playing days are over, is that I was all engrossed in it at that time and thought, you know, how important those days were. But actually, the time of them not playing is going to be a lot longer mm. than the time and the plan. Those are only a few years. So to mm, take advantage point. of teaching them mm -hmm. for when they're not playing anymore, to teach those those ways of serving when they do have that, um, when they are around those teammates, when they are around um those situations teach it then and then it goes on to that next level and now you're, you're seeing that through Tim I I hear so many things about him that have nothing to do with playing ball but it's about him having the night to shine and having mm -hmm. that as a, a nationwide um event for um, children with disabilities and youth with disabilities to, and just the many things that he has been able to serve and serve and serve that really, uh, I've, I don't meet anybody that just doesn't love him and doesn't think that, you know, he is such a, a great role model because he has weathered the storm and he has continued to serve. 
Well, but it, it, you know, and we're so grateful for that. And I don't, he's, he still has some, some adversaries here and there, I guess, but I try not to pay attention to them. You know, we started out talking about that and I just don't listen to those things. I don't read those articles. I'm not on social media like a lot of people are, but I, um, I think again, just any of those qualities that they're developing, you start young. And I think that the, that the opportunity that we have as mothers and dads, Oh, it's so important. Like you said, they're only playing ball for a short time. They're only children for a short time. And you help prepare them for life. That's our job. That's our calling. And that's our privilege. I think it's a great privilege because we do have the chance to point them in the direction that they need to go in. And, um, you know, that means that we have to know what direction that is. So that, yes. that you know, that gives us all accountability. I felt like I had to learn a lot. Uh, along the way, I learned with my kids because I, you know, my parents, it, they were great, but they didn't teach me all of these things. I had to learn along the way, and I learned a little later than my kids, and I didn't want that to be the case for our children. I wanted them to start learning young so it could really, some of these character qualities could really take hold of them and, you know, got to use them, those things in their lives to really have an impact, not just wait till they're older, but all along the way. I think that's, you know, that's, I'm so proud of you for, for having this, this podcast and for encouraging parents because they need to see what a privilege it is and, and how much of a opportunity they have to really impact their kids' lives that will then have a ripple effect on the people that their, their kids impact along the way. So I can just really see how important this is in a world that values athletics, right? It sure does value athletics, and um, and that is a great tool. It is a great tool to be able to to use if we're using it the right way, and uh, right. hopefully, hopefully we can we can serve others and we can, um, you know, help this next generation and and uh, you know build uh, you know better families and and all from these experiences from the right and the wrong that we've done. Exactly. Exactly. Pam, thank you so much uh, for just letting us have your time today to be able to talk about these things and just a joy. I love anytime I get a chance to talk to you, I just feel encouraged and happy <laughs> when, when oh, we get you're done. So sweet. Well, I love your platform and I, I'm so blessed that you honor God with your platform because parents need to hear these truths and need to be encouraged. It's not an easy world to raise kids in. So they do need the encouragement and to be built up uh, that, hey, you can do this. You know, we have to be that cheerleader, right? Yeah. Talking yes, about athletics, exactly we have to right. be the cheerleaders for all those parents, those, those young moms and dads that are uh, they're desirous of building character in their kids' lives as they play sports. And they can do it. You just keep telling them they can do this. By the grace of God, right? Exactly. And Pam, I, I will tell you, I, I walked out on the a ball field not too long ago, and um, I was trying to find one of my little nieces and nephews, uh, and I was walking past uh, kids that were playing soccer, and they were real young, and I was watching as and I was thinking, I bet these families have no idea what they've begun. <laughs> this journey. Boy, isn't that the truth? And I said, Don't you feel like we were all in school? I mean, it wasn't just our kids, it was us too. I know, I know. It's almost like you want to stand on the ball field and you want to yell, Parents, 
Be careful. <laughs> Caution. <laughs> That's exactly right. Oh, but those are wonderful years. I wouldn't take anything for them. They I have agree. a great adventure in store, don't they? They sure do. They sure do. Well, Pam, thank you so much, dear. And I hope thank you have you, a, Kathy. a great, great weekend. Thank you. You too. Blessings. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on Beyond the Ball Field, where we are using lessons learned in sports to positively impact our family and others. And for more information on how you can be a positive influence beyond the ball field, go to our website, beyondtheballfield.com.